Hey guys, just throwing you a little reminder. Don't forget, I'm sure you have it. Football is almost back and baseball is almost over. Unfortunately, well, if you're an Orioles fan, you may not be saying that, but the NFL preseason kicks off with the Hall of Fame game on August 1st and soon we will have regular season NFL and college football. That means it's time to make an account at the best online sports book known to man. That's right, I'm talking about my bookie. Sports betting is exploding in popularity. If you want to get in on the action with a trusted company that's been in business for years, mybookie.ag is the place for you with an easy, no-hassle mobile site, 24-7 customer service, and bets on every sport and prop imaginable. MyBookie provides a fun, safe betting experience. And if you deposit today, MyBookie will give you a 50% deposit bonus. That's right. You're paying 100 they'll give you 50. You put in 1,000, that's right, they'll give you 500. It's that easy. Football weekends are the best, but they're even more thrilling when every touchdown can win you more money. So go to mybookie.ag and sign up today with promo code CHAOS. C-H-A-O-S. CHAOS. At mybookie, you play, you win, you get paid. Going to remind you on one more thing here. You've heard me talk about it before, SeatGeek, right? Let them take the confusion out of your ticket-buying experience. Instead of shopping dozens of sites to find the best deal, let SeatGeek do the work for you. Why not? Their app scans the best web for the best deals to your favorite game, concert, or show and rates them on a scale of 0 to 10 to let you know if you are getting the best bang for your buck. Listen up. Green Dot marks great deals, Yellow Dot good deals, and Red Dot not-so-good deals. All you have to do is use promo code ACAA at checkout to receive $20 off your first purchase. That's two free beers at the stadium on them. Why wouldn't you do it? What are you waiting for? That's promo code ACAA for $20 off your first purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event. They have the tickets. Baseball's great charm is that the action comes in spurts, which leaves plenty of time to spin yarns, look at the girls, and make wisecracks. Chaos, C-H-A-O-S, critical hate and overwhelming stupidity. Hey guys, welcome to Full Count Chaos, episode number 43. Can you believe it? We are in episode four. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know why podcasts say that. Can you believe it? Episode 100. It's amazing. No, it's just because you keep doing it. A lot to go over, like I say, of course, every week. I am going to start the show off with an email that I got. I think it was a knee-jerk reaction. Now, whether it's a negative email, positive email, I don't care. If you want to shit on something that I said, I'd love to hear from you. FullCountChaos at gmail.com. Any way you want to get a hold of me, uh, reach out to me on Twitter at (laughs) FullCountChaos. So a lot happened over the week with baseball. Of course, last week, Andrew Castro trade. There was a no-hitter down in the minors. Uh, We almost got to witness history, and we were on the wrong side of it. Of course, the Orioles are always on the wrong side of it. Except for against the Indians. That was fun. And there's a lot of rules that are being changed all over in sports. And baseball is one of them. And there's a reason for that. And I'm going to get into that a little bit later. I'd love to hear from you guys. If there's any rules that you feel should be changed or changed back, uh, I'm going to go over the rules that are going to be coming up in the next few years. I'd love to hear from you guys. Any rules that you feel would be great. Part of baseball, I mean, not anything, you know, asinine like uh, run third to second to first. That'd be fun. No, like legit rules that you feel would maybe bring uh, more entertainment to the game. 
And I'm, I'm a diehard baseball fan. I am one of the people who think right now the game is beautiful. Uh, but I understand why baseball is looking to change some rules and shorten the game. And again, I'll go over that a little bit later. There definitely, there's plenty of reasons why baseball is starting to change their rules, and I completely understand it. Love to hear from you. Maybe you want to switch a couple rules up. Think about it. Now, doing a sports podcast, all right? I, I talk to fans of sports. I, I, people write into the show. People reach out on Twitter. We're not always so level-headed. We have a lot of knee-jerk reactions when it comes to your favorite team making moves, making trades uh, during the game. I get it. We're, again, we're sport fans. You know, we can be a bunch of crazy nuts and we listen back to maybe what we said or, or a text or something that we post and we're like, man, got a little dramatic. <laughs> I was very emotional in that situation. All right. Now, I also understand doing an Orioles podcast. Not everyone understands how the process, how the this rebuild process. And that's fine. I, I get that. I mean, I've had guests that have called into the show that have broken it down. I've broken it down. But again. Not everybody gets what's going on here. And when trades like last week happen with Kashner, sometimes Oriole fans, they, they get frustrated. They want to take their frustration out on someone. And sometimes that's me. And that's perfectly fine. Anyway, you guys get involved in the show. Fuck it. Let's do it. I want to hear from you. But Andrew, who lives in Fairfax, Virginia, I thought it was kind of cool. Uh, he's been an Orioles fan his whole life. And he's lived in Fairfax his whole life. Because I know a lot of national fans who live in that area. They were once Oriole fans and then switched over once the Nats came. So I was happy to hear that Andrew continued to be an Orioles fan. And that's something I'm going to get into in a little bit as well. The Nationals. You, you've heard my opinion before about National fans. If you haven't, I'll remind you in a little bit. Uh, but I had a couple friends who went and saw the Orioles play the Nationals at Camden Yards this week. And they had an interesting experience with those fans. So I will get into that as well later. So, here's the email from Andrew. He wrote into the show. Um, (laughs) He starts off with saying he really enjoys the show and listens about every week. He says, I agree on most of your opinions pertaining to sports and the Orioles. Now, I'm going to stop right there for a second because anytime someone starts an email off with a positive, most of the time it ends with a negative, and that's okay. So, when I first read that, I thought, "Uh uh-oh. So, let me back up here. He says, I agree on most of your opinions pertaining to sports and the Orioles, but I just can't understand why the hell you are not furious over the Kashner trade, especially to Boston. Knowing your father used to pitch with the Orioles, he must be pretty pissed off right now seeing this trade. Uh, By the way, my dad's not pissed off. He completely understands why the trade happened. Anyway, Andrew continues in his email. Uh, It says, you're being way too kind talking about this trade and you need to man up and tell it like it is. I understand it's a rebuild, but Kashner is the only guy that's going to help the Orioles not have the worst record ever in baseball. He says, Oriole fans should be furious, and this is proof Elias only wants to be good in 2026. I don't know what the hell that means. But he ends with, and by the way, using radar for strikes and balls will ruin the game. (laughs) Appreciate the email, Andrew. Fantastic email. Look, either this guy is fucking with me, or he needs therapy two times a week instead of one. You know, come on. First off, Andrew, listen. Andrew Kasher was no Clayton Kershaw or Justin Verlander trotting out there every five games. Let's all agree on that shit right now. Slow down there, Speed Racer. Makes no sense to keep a guy like Kasher around during a rebuild on his last year, only having a couple good months pitching with the O's. I don't think a lot of people remember that. It's not like Andrew Kasher came on the Orioles 
and just every year was just lighting it up. Last year, he was 4-15. and His last winning season was 2013. You know, he got super hot, and Elias needed to strike while the iron was hot. So, Andrew, again, I understand your frustration. It seems like you're more concerned about the Orioles possibly having the worst record in baseball. And look, I'm right there with you. I don't want to see the Orioles ever do that. You know, but, but teams weren't exactly busting down the door for Kashner. All right? And by the way, he shit the bed his first outing against the Blue Jays with the Red Sox. And that was fantastic, seeing Red Sox fans pissed off all over Twitter talking about what an awful pickup Kashner was. Uh, again, Andrew, I don't know if, if the frustration also is who we got. Nobody really knows who we got, those two kids who are 17, year old, 17 years old. Nobody does. But let's hope for the best. Again, just want to remind you as well, Andrew, if you didn't already know, Kashner's career record in the majors is 55-82. and 82. So I think Eli- Elias knew what he had to do. Kashner was having a great month. Let's get moving. And, by the way, towards the end of your email, uh, talking about (laughs) strikes and balls, uh, the radar will ruin the game. I completely disagree. The only thing ruining baseball, Andrew, right now, is these umpires who think they're king shit on Turd Island. When you get a different umpire every game and they have a different strike zone, that's basically being a bully, saying, I'm going to call strikes that aren't strikes and you're going to have to deal with it. And guess what? If you argue, you're out of here. How about that? Well, this is going to help with them fucking up the game a little bit. And I know there's a lot of people out there who hate it. I love it. Again, I'm a huge baseball fan. I think it's beautiful. But I'm just super thrilled that hopefully they're going to get better with the balls and strikes. And if this is what it takes, do it. But, Andrew, thank you for writing into the show. I appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> I just we, We're going to have to agree to disagree. But I'm just asking you, continue to tune in. I appreciate that. Continue to watch the Orioles. Just enjoy the rebuild. If you're looking for the Orioles to continue to win games, they did win Friday. It was 11-2 against the Red Sox. We love seeing that, regardless of what's happening in the season. Anytime we can give it to Boston or New York or whoever, it's great to see. Now, I thought Boston was going to come in, bend us over, have their way with us, spank us, head on out of town, off they go. Now, they did have their way with us on Saturday. They won 16 or 17 to 6. We don't need to talk about that. We've talked about enough bad games these past two years, so I'll move on from that. But Friday night, 11 to 2, that was fantastic. Means uh, six innings pitched. I think what was most impressive, not that they scored 11 runs, but the relievers only gave up three hits and no runs. That was fantastic. And again, John Means going six innings, gave his finger to Cora, tell him to go fuck himself. Thanks for playing me in the All Star game. It was also great seeing Price only go four innings. Anytime we can get him out of the picture, that's a good night. And Friday night, I was out with some friends at a bar. I think it was called uh, Molly's. I don't know. I think it was in uh, where uh, Crofton, something like that. They got a whole bunch of dart boards. I'm not really big into darts, but when you start taking shots and having some drinks, anything can be fun. So we figured darts would be a good time. But uh, one of the TVs that they have in the bar, it was like 150 inches. It was crazy. And they had the Oriole game up, and we were watching it at the same time, playing some darts, having some drinks. 
Because when you're drinking a lot of booze, the best thing to do is throw sharp objects against the wall. But uh, we were looking up at the big TV. We saw 4-2, 6-2, 8-2, 11-2. And regardless, whether it was our 30th win and we're in the end of July, it, still is, it was still exciting. Still exciting seeing them, the, seeing them win. You still get all, I still get a little giddy, excited. You get those butterflies in the stomach. I'm just a big diehard Oriole fan, just like you are. So we start buying shots for everyone, buying drinks. And we just had a, a great time watching the Orioles beat the Red Sox 11-2. to Because anytime they come into town, especially playing in a little league ballpark, you're thinking the worst, like everybody else. But 11-2. to So there you go, Andrew. <laughs> There's some positive moments for you with the Orioles. They're still willing to win regardless of the situation. Now, uh, this past week, something I wanted to uh, ask you guys. Uh, again, reach out to me, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Were you excited to watch the Masson Cup? You know, the Orioles versus the Nationals. And Jim Hunter tried his best to make it sound like the entire universe was tuned in to watch this Beltway Series Masson Cup. He's such a goody-goody gumdrops guy. <laughs> the poor guy gets ripped all over Twitter during games. I'm not a fan of him. Uh, I'm sure he's just a, a a very nice guy. He's a gentleman, but he's just so boring to listen to. So when him and Mike Bordick call the games, I've mentioned before, I just hit mute, move on. So be it. Uh, but they tried their best, like I said, to make it seem like it's this big series. That when the uh, uh, schedule comes out for the Oil games, everybody circles these games of when they're playing the Nationals, and everyone tunes in, whatever, stop saying it. Nobody cares about the Nationals and the Orioles playing each other. It's just like another game to me. Other people that I talk to, it's the same thing. And I'm just curious, were you excited? When you see the schedule, do you take your little Sharpie marker and circle the Nationals versus the Orioles, and you just can't wait? So I didn't go to either game. Uh, We won, it was a two-game series. We took one. They took one. Uh, I guess a national. A lot of national fans thought they were going to come in here and beat us fifteen to nothing. Get two quick games. Out they go. And I have friends that went to both games. And they said it was extremely entertaining listening to the uh, national fans just heckling them all game, especially the first game. I have a couple friends that went to both games. Uh, they had friends coming into town. They were Nat fans or something. So they all four of them just went to the game and uh, both game whatever the. Reason was, but they they said that there was a group of Nat fans about six rows back from where they were sitting, and you know how the Oriole fans yell out O R I O L E S. Well, they kept yelling L O S E R S losers. Yeah! <laughs> Holy hell! You want to talk about being a douchebag? There you have it. <laughs> it's like laughing at the guy who's kicked your ass for the past twenty years as he rolls by in his wheelchair and you're calling him a pussy as he's strolling by. You know what I mean? It's like, there's the guy who's been knocking me out for 20 years. Oh, he's in crutches. I'm going to make fun of him. So they just thought it that was really funny. They said the second game when the Orioles, it was two to one going into the seventh inning. The Orioles wound up winning nine to two. They said the stadium cleared out quickly. They got real quiet. Of course, as they're leaving the stadium, they're waving to him, you know, goodbye, dick bags. See you later. And I've mentioned before, not a huge fan. Don't like the national fans at all. I'm sure if I went to Boston or Yankee Stadium and the Orioles made a big player hit a home run and I cheered for him, 
I'm sure the fans wouldn't turn around and yell at me for cheering for my team in an away stadium. I've said it before on here. That's what happened in my experience at the Nat fan uh, at the National Stadium. That's what the fans did twice, two separate games. I haven't been back since. Had a couple chances to go back. I don't like the stadium. It's a big piece of shit. It's boring. It smells. The food's bad. And I had a bad experience twice. So why would I want to go back? But if my uh, friend takes me to the presidential suites again, like I did a few years ago, all you can eat, all you can drink, I might have to do that. I wish the Camden Yards would have that. You know, like a little section roped off, all you can eat buffet and you pay, you know, the tickets are like 200 a ticket. I know that sounds a lot, but my God, the food and the drinks that I got to eat out there was fantastic. And even in that section, the fans still sucked. So I don't know. Maybe I'll go again. Maybe not. If not, I'm not missing out on anything. I do want to change gears here. Talk about some positive situations. Adley Rushman, the Adley Tracker 2019. Holy hell, what's he eating? What's he drinking? What's he saying? What's he wearing? What is he doing? I mean, everybody's like, you know, he had a, did you hear? He had a foul ball, but it went 430 feet. All right. Fantastic. Now, it is exciting. Adley homered in his first game on Saturday in the Gulf Coast League. So that was pretty cool. You know, I just hope he doesn't crumble under the pressure. Everyone's like, all right, please, Adley, we need you because we want to. We want you guys to win that ring. So hurry up. Come on on the Orioles so we can see what it's like to watch the Orioles in the World Series. But that was pretty cool to hear that. Uh, Adley's down there doing his thing. And speaking of the minors, Michael Ballman, I heard, I'm sure you heard this past week, uh, the, the number 24 prospect, double-A buoy pitcher. Uh, he helped distract us from the shit show we know as the Orioles this past week. Uh, he pitched a no-hitter on Monday, af- uh, last Monday, after only five games playing for double-A. So he comes up, and he's like, all right, I got this. I figured it out. And he pitches a no-hitter. I thought it was funny because his first pit- his first batter that he faced, he walked him. And normally, when you watch Oriole games, if the first batter that they walk, that guy's coming in. It's five to nothing before the first inning's even over. But he walked Michael A. Taylor. Speaking of the Nats, he's down there trying to get his shit figured out. But uh, then Baldwin retired the next 19 batters, and he was hitting 98 miles per hour on the gun. Now, I don't know if that was a little home cooking radar, but either way, that's extremely impressive. And the guy doesn't give up home runs, and that's what we need. That's what the Orioles need. So anytime you hear someone do well in the minors, the way that they're handling this rebuilding with a lie, so people say, well, when are we going to see him? I don't know. And a lot of people have the same response. I don't know. You hear Rockabaco or Steve Molesky or you read any of their articles or uh, Dan Connolly, they ask the same question. When are we going to see him? And even those guys are like, I-, I don't know. Not really sure, but there's no rush. Now, the Orioles, the reason why it's great to hear that a uh, pitcher is not giving up many home runs and the minors, because right now the Orioles have given up 183 home runs in 95 games, setting them up for a full season, full season pace of 312 homers. Woohoo! <laughs> well past the record. I think it was the 2016 Cincinnati Reds. Uh, yeah, here it is. 258 home runs. So, <laughs> you know, the Orioles are like, oh, yeah, hold my beer. I've got this. So everyone is promoting, talking about the minors instead of the uh, Orioles, of course for a number of reasons. Now, Jay Krause from MLB.com wrote an article about Michael Ballman, and if you're not familiar with Michael, uh, here's what he had to say. I'm going to read a little bit of this to you. 
It's pretty cool. He says the 2014 Atlantic Sun Pitcher of the Year drew eyes in his debut pro season with a 128 ERA and 11 outings, 10 starts, over 42 and a third innings pitched. Then he diced up both levels of Class A competition with a 317 ERA and 24 starts, permitting a 222 batting average with 106 strikeouts. This season has been no different for the right-hander who began the year by upping his K rate, fanning 77 batters in 54 innings to the tune of a 383 ERA with Class A advanced Frederick. Ballman's double-A career started with two relief outings, including four scoreless innings for his first pro save on June 27th. He says despite his below-average command tool grade, Ballman has also improved his strikeout to walk ratio this season, posting 109 strikeouts to 32 walks so far. So that's a positive thing. That is a definitely a bright spot on the radar of Oriole minor league players. And speaking of no-hitter, we played the Tampa Bay Rays last week, the first time ever in Major League Baseball we almost witnessed a combined perfect pitch game that's ever happened. Now, there's a reason why that would have been the first time, because normally when a pitcher is pitching and he's having a perfect game, they don't normally take him out, right? But the the Tampa Bay Rays, they've been just working with their bullpen for starters lately. It's getting more and more popular around the league. It's starting to become a game about relief pitchers. But Stanek and Yarbrough came out. They pitched a no-hitter into the ninth inning. Look, I saw Oriole fans tweeting, about how, the, you know, even though I'm an Orioles fan, I'd love to see this. You know damn well any Orioles fan saying that they'd love to see that, in my opinion, may have been a little full of shit. Look, I love seeing home runs. I love seeing stolen bases, double plays, triple plays. Doesn't mean that I want to see that happen against my Orioles. So as exciting as that would be to see the first time ever a combined no-hitter, I don't know, I was... <laughs> Am I in the minority here? I was rooting for it not to happen. So Enhancer Alberto, Enhancer the Answer, comes up to bat and breaks up the no-hitter. I was fucking thrilled. I wasn't sitting there saying, damn, that would have been really cool. No, I was thrilled when Enhancer hit that base hit. I didn't want to see that. So they broke it up. I was a little nervous. It was funny, Ben McDonald, who I hope they put him on TV more and more. Whether the radio, TV, whatever it is, give that guy more games. He is so fun to listen to. But he was cracking me up. He said, man, my palms are sweaty. I'm getting nervous. And Gary Thorne was trying to say, you know, this would be exciting to see the first time. But you could tell Ben McDonald was well, <laughs> didn't exactly back him up with, yeah, I can't, I'd love to see it. He was just kind of like, man, uh, I'm a little nervous right now. And I think he was nervous because I don't think he wanted to see that happen against the Orioles. As exciting as that would be, like a lot of people said, I don't think it would have been <laughs> being an Orioles fan. Now, the most recent perfect game in Major League was Felix Hernandez. Remember that guy? Man, in his prime, nobody was hitting the ball against him. And what was ironic is Felix Hernandez's perfect game was against the Tampa Bay Rays, Safeco Stadium, August 15th, 2012. I do remember that. I was actually watching MLB Network that night, and they tapped into it. I got the alert on my phone, ran over to the TV, turned it on, and I got to witness that. So that was kind of fun. But like I said, I, I love seeing fantastic things happen in baseball and records being broken, but not against my favorite team. Now, when they were going into the ninth inning, or you know, when they were going into the fifth inning and there was no hits, I thought for sure the Orioles were, were going to be 
no hit against because that game there's Mancini who was batting. He was 0 for 24 going into that game. Martin, he was 0 for 21 going into that game. Davis, he was 0 for 10 going into that game. You got Dwight Smith on the bench. He was 0 for 27. He didn't play that game. But that's combined players who were batting 0 for 55 that night. And you know Chris Davis seeing that 0 for 30 with Dwight Davis. Chris Davis is like, come on, break that record. Please, I don't want to be number one anymore for going 0 for. Davis is like trying to give him advice, batting coaches, like looking over at Dwight, like, no, step away. Get away from him. Don't listen to Chris Davis with his batting tips. So, again, the Rays coming in thinking, all right, if we're going to do this, it's definitely going to be against this team who – you know, 0 for 55 between three batters. <laughs> but thank goodness we didn't. Hanser comes in in the ninth. And the Orioles were starting, to, they were down 4 to nothing. And for a second, it looked like, you know, they had the tying run at base. It was 4 to 1, two guys on. So you're thinking, man, not only did they take away the no hitter, they might tie this bad boy up, but they didn't. But they lost. And at that point, I didn't care if they lost. I just didn't want to see history be made against the Orioles. And I'm sure a lot of people are thinking, well, Come on. That would have been fun regardless. The season's done. You know, they only had 28 wins. Who cares at that point? I did. I cared. I didn't want to see it. Did not want to see history. Uh, Speaking of history, I want to move on here. Something I was talking about earlier that I was going to get to. Rules that are being changed in baseball. And I just, again, love to hear from you guys. Fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Any new rules that you'd like to put into play? Any rules that you'd like to take away from the game? Most fans that I talk to in baseball, they say nothing needs to change. The game is wonderful. I don't know. Changing rules in sports are constantly being talked about these days, especially with baseball. Now, again, the conversation has come up, I'm sure, if you you follow baseball and, and read blogs and vlogs and whatever it is. I'm sure you've heard about how baseball is a little worried about the attendance and baseball ratings because CBS put out in the beginning of 2019 that uh, in 2018, baseball is coming off a rough year with declining TV ratings and its lowest attendance since 2003. So again, maybe baseball's trying to mix it up a little bit. And if you own a business and you see shit's not working out, you're not just going to go, well, it's a beautiful product. Nothing needs to be changed. I also think it has a lot to do with how much it fucking costs to go to a game. Anytime my wife and I or friends go to a game, I got to almost feel like I got to pull it on my savings account. I got to bring at least $100 with me. Now, I know a lot of people have their ways of, well, I go here, I go there, I, I drink before I go, I, da, 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 and I only spend, you know, 40 bucks. Good for you. But if we're just casually going to a game and we eat there and we have a couple drinks, it's a lot of freaking money. So baseball, they're, they're trying to mix it up. They're, they're, uh, Camden Yards, by the way, I wanted to give a shout-out to them. That was kind of cool. $1 hot dog day on Wednesday. That's a shit ton of sodium. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't go. I love hot dogs. But when I read that one a year is, is too much <laughs> because they're so bad for you, I'm like, oh, no. And then I see this one hot, $1 hot dog a day. Even my wife was like, no, you're not going. I'm not rushing to the hospital because you're having heart problems because you ate 11 hot dogs. It's like those hot dog eating contests. I don't know how those guys do it. I mean, just just beyond me. How the fuck do they uh, uh, still survive the next day with all that shit? 
So anyway, uh, back to the rules. Uh, so as we know, in 2019, there's already been rules. There's uh, They've reduced from two minutes and five seconds to two minutes in local games uh, between breaks. Oh, man, getting crazy now. 225 to two minutes in national games. And a lot of people say, well, five seconds. That's a lot when it comes to TV broadcasting. I get it. It's just a funny rule. Also, mountain visits, we know. Uh, from five down from six. Again, man, we're getting a little wild and crazy. I did like the Home Run Derby, uh, the player prize, $2.5 million. If you're a fan watching the Home Run Derby, kind of gets your juices flowing a little bit, right? With the competition, knowing how much is on the line. Now, in 2020, some of the rules that are going to be changing, uh, one of the big ones, the active roster provisions. Uh, the roster size from opening day through August 31st will increase from 25 to 26. It's a pretty big deal. And the 40-man active roster, here's the big one, for September will be eliminated. From September 1 through the end of regular seasons, all clubs will carry 28 players. I remember Jim Young, USA Today Sports, when he was writing about this, he says, finally, no longer will teams like the Dodgers and the Phillies be playing with a huge advantage in September, expanding to 40 players while low-budget teams like the Miami Marlins Stick with only 25 players. So that's pretty big. It's it's a pretty huge uh, rule change, and I'm okay with it. I have no problem with that one, especially being an Orioles fan. Uh, this one I agree with as well. Three batter minimum for pitchers. It's just another way to fasten the game. I get it. I know. A lot of people, they don't like how these rules are being changed and the way the game is is beautiful. But anytime you can get the pace moving a little further, a little, I mean a little faster, That'd be great. I remember Joe Girardi, even they'd be winning 9-1 to one in the eighth inning, he would come out and have a reliever for every single batter. But now the rule is changing. In 2020, uh, pitchers are required, relief pitchers, starting pitchers, uh, required to uh, pitch to either a minimum of three batters or to the end of a half inning. Obviously, if injury or illness or something else comes up, that's one thing. But they're not going to be doing lefty against lefty, righty, righty. So I I like that. I'm okay with that. Keep things moving. Let's go. So I'm just curious if you know of any rules that you would put in place or any rules that you would take away from the game with uh, some some rules changing, some rules coming out. I'm sure as the years go on, we're going to continue to see this. Now, one of the stupidest fucking rules that I've seen that they're going to be bringing into play is stealing, or they have brought into play, is stealing first. Stupid. <laughs> this is absolutely asinine. Now, it actually happened the other day for the first time in baseball in a minor league game during the Southern Maryland Blue Crabs against the Lancaster Barnstormers, the Independent Atlantic League. Outfielder Tony Thomas became the first player in professional baseball history to steal first base. Basically, if, if you haven't heard about this, uh, you can go up the bat, zero ball, zero strikes, the pitcher throws it in the dirt, gets by the catcher, off you go to first base. You're good to go. Now, if you get thrown out, you're done. You can't go back and bat. One out, move on. I always thought it was stupid when it was strike two and you swing and miss and it goes in the dirt by the catcher. I never understood that rule. One of the few rules I don't get of why they do that in baseball. And I remember Buck Showalter talked about that in one of his post-game conferences. I don't know how it got brought up, but even he was like, that is one of the dumbest rules, and I completely agree with him. I never understood that rule. 
It's such an asinine role. So now, not only that, they're adding on top of that, go ahead and take first. And it's going to be interesting if there's batters up there who hit 40, 45 home runs a year. Some guy's up there, it's like in September, he's already at like 52 home runs. They're down by two. And uh, the guy, guy's on second, let's say, and he comes up the bat and the ball goes by the catcher of the first pitch. Is he taking first or is he just looking at his uh, the dugout going, no, I'm going to stay right here because I want to hit this pitcher. I have a feeling I am going to hit a home run, tie this motherfucker up. I'm not taking first. Guy hasn't even swung yet. You know? The dugout, the manager's yelling him to go run to first. You know, I got 50 home runs, man. I have a feeling I'm going to take this guy downtown, and that's exactly what I'm going to do. But when it happened in that game, that uh, minor league game, it was really odd. Because <laughs> I did watch the video and it's funny, it looked like, I think it was a third baseman, it looked like he put his glove up, like, what the what the hell's going on? Took everybody, you know, you're playing baseball half your life, and then you're not used to that, and then someone's suddenly running to first base. So I thought that was kind of funny. Now, you know, if I had this, if I was able to be on the rule committee, and I sat down, and I got to make some changes, I think one of the first rules I would bring up that I want changed is regardless whether the ball is hit in front of the umpire on a foul ball, you still be able to review it. Because now the rules are you can review every play in baseball, basically, except if you want to challenge it's a foul ball and it's in front of the third or first base umpire. Now, if it's, it goes over to over their head like a fly ball and they call it fair or foul, you can challenge it. But if it's in front of them, you can't, which I don't get. That doesn't make sense to me. I think you should be able to review it because sometimes those balls going 110 miles per hour. You got some 90-year-old dude who's 500 pounds overweight. It's 100 degrees out. He's sweating, and he's trying to keep track of the ball hitting the line. He's not always going to be 100% on, so why not be able to challenge it? So I think that rule needs to be changed, and I think that the umpires behind the plate, behind home plate, shouldn't be allowed to confirm whether or not the batter swung. It's either got to come from the third or first base umpire. Now, you know, some people want to challenge that every time they get called on a third strike. All right, it's just going to another thing to slow the game up. They're trying to do things to uh, get the game going faster. But I just don't think an umpire behind the plate should be able to confirm whether or not the batter swings. Just leave it up to the guys who have a better angle, who can see it better than you can. Over the week, I'm going to uh, think of some more. But again, I'd love to hear from you guys. Hit me up on Twitter, Full Count Chaos, Instagram, Facebook. I got to get on Facebook more because <laughs> I still have people telling me, I don't have Twitter. You're always talking about posting stuff on Twitter. I just go on Facebook. It's funny. Everybody says, uh, well, if you're on Facebook, you're like 60 years old. It's all the old people. And uh, Actually, when I was a friend of mine the other night, she is my age in her 30s, and she only uses Snapchat. I've never had a Snapchat account. I thought that was for like uh, 14-year-old kids who were sending dick pics. But I guess their uh, people's parents knew how to tap into Snapchat. I mean, I, I guess it's still a thing, but I, <laughs> I didn't know it was adults. I, I don't know, man. I, I'm feeling old. I feel like I'm sounding extremely old saying, well, what's going on with this Snapchat? So anyway, my point is feel free to reach out to me any way you can. Love getting you guys involved in the show. Till next time. See ya.